Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Maritime Deluxe. This week features Nathan Pickett from Riverview, New Brunswick. Join us as we talk about bullying, the school system, and a little bit about mental health. Okay, I promise we're okay now. Alright. <laughs> so some technical difficulties, but we're back and we are live. Nathan, how have you been? Oh, I've been good. Just trying to keep my head above water with yeah. COVID and everything, but, you know. Yeah. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Um, I watched a bit. I'm not a big Tom Brady fan, so I just kind of yeah. turned it off after a little bit. But, um, no, I watched I watched up until the halftime show. Yeah, it wasn't a great game. What do you think it's like being a Tom Brady fan right now? Or a, a Patriots fan, I should say. Well, I mean... He gave you 20 of his best years, so, I mean, you can't – I don't think you can be mad at him for that. He, he gave him six championships, so I don't really think there's a reason to be mad at him, yeah. at him for that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how I'd feel if I was uh... – I saw one of my buddies who's a Patriots fan. He said it's like we just won another championship. <laughs> yeah. Um. Why don't you introduce yourself? All right, um – my name is Nathan Pickett. I am from Riverview, New Brunswick. Been here for most of my life. Um, I work at a daycare right now, so I'm kind of working as a um, aide for children with special needs, um, which is really rewarding because I get to see a lot of the same behaviors that I had when I was a kid. So I'm able to I'm able to use my experiences to um, make sure that people are like getting the support they need. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that when you say uh, behavior when you were a kid? How do you mean by that? Um, a lot of the same anger issues that I had. Like when I was younger, I had a lot of anger issues that weren't always necessarily my fault, but most of them I had a problem controlling my anger so mm-hmm. it would manifest in a lot of violence so i'm seeing a lot of like there are some children that i work with who their <clears throat> excuse me their behaviors usually manifest in outbursts so they i'm able to use my experience that i like now have and the insight that i now have having grown up um to kind of help them work through it not necessarily like just look at them and say hey stop doing that like i'm able to tell them okay this is what i did Mm -hmm. like and then use that to explain to them how i felt and kind of try and get them to a point where they aren't doing that anymore right um so Let's start with, um, let's say, middle school or wh- when did when did these anger issues start being like a problem? Um, if you could I consider say, it that, I would say middle school was where it got really really bad. Like I was spending more of my time in the office or in the uh, temporary student placement, right. which is basically uh, in school suspension. Um, and that was because of a lot of the bullying I experienced. I didn't know how to process that 
and I didn't know how to handle that. So I just manifested it in violent reactions. Mm -hmm. And you said uh, some of it was your fault. Some of it wasn't your fault. What are some examples that would, would not be your fault? Just like something that would anger you. Well, a lot of, a lot of the kids in middle school. And I, I think like having the insight I have now, a lot of them didn't understand me as a person because I have a lot of academic issues and a lot of um, just emotional control issues that necessarily weren't my fault. Like I was diagnosed with um, nonverbal learning disorder when I was quite young. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my academic issues sprouted from that. And um, a lot of kids didn't understand why I was getting extra time for tests or I was getting to in middle school, I got to leave like 10 minutes earlier because um, the crowded hallways were a trigger for my anxiety and stuff like that. So I, I feel like a lot of it is that the kids didn't understand why I was getting special treatment and they weren't. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a lot of, it manifested in a lot of bullying and because I was reacting to it, they got what they wanted. Right. So they kept doing it because they know like, oh, he's going to react to it. So we're going to keep doing it because it's funny to us. Right. So you, you would leave school 10 minutes early. And if I remember correctly, you were in the boys and girls club, I think. Yes. Uh, that was actually a lot of what helped me turn around. Right. Um, back in, I believe it was 2013 or 2012. Um, Andrew LeBlanc, who was the program director over there at the time, he's now the executive director of Atlantic Wellness. Um, he came to the school to talk about Pink Shirt Day, which mm -hmm. is their huge anti-bullying initiative that they've been doing for years. It started in Nova Scotia and yeah. now has pretty much gone uh, countrywide. I think it's national-wide, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was there talking about some about pink shirt day and as normally happened on a school day there was an incident with another student where they were bullying me and i reacted violently but andrew happened to see it and he saw what happened so he came down to the office and he explained what he saw and it actually got me i wouldn't say it got me into trouble i still did have to do a day in tsbc but they understood why I was like for the first time in a while, they understood why I was doing it. And um, he spoke to me and he said, listen, I run a program called drop in at the boys and girls club. It's free. Um, and you don't have to, you know, it's pay anything. It's free. You can go whenever you want, which was a big factor for me because I feel like me and my parents, tried a lot of different options for extracurriculars to get me out of that cycle. Mm -hmm. I wasn't athletic, so sports weren't an option. My academics weren't great, so academic um, extracurriculars weren't an option. And a lot of the stuff that is available, there's a price behind it. 
Right. And it was one of those things where do we want to pay for something that might not work? So with the drop-in program, being that it was free and being that it, I could go whenever I wanted, there wasn't the pressure of having to keep a schedule. They would release a schedule for like the month of activities they were doing, and I could decide which days I wanted to go. So it, it offered me the flexibility that I didn't have with other um, avenues for uh, controlling like the extracurricular. Mm -hmm. And you said Andrew LeBlanc, uh, he saw this incident. Do you recall what happened? Like what he saw? Um, honestly, I don't have a great recollection of it. And I've always said that that's because the brain kind of like pushes back traumatic memories. Right. So like even... I did a uh, speaking engagement in 2016 for um, Songs in the City. It was an event put on by the United Way. And one of the first lines that I had in that, that speaking engagement was that uh, the brain, as a protective mechanism, um, blocks out traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. So I don't recall 100% the incident, but I do recall that it was one of the kids who had been bugging me all year had just started bugging me and I went to either punch him or kick him or something just to get him because I felt that at the time I felt that if I got him, they'd leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the teachers came around the corner as I was loading up the kick and they sent me to the office not realizing what had happened but andrew was like on the other side of the hallway and saw the entire interaction so mm -hmm. they he came to bat for me so right and i do want to talk about i know you you um have uh spoke at some events uh i want to ask about andrew though andrew leblanc because he's obviously someone that was very influential in your life and if it wasn't for that time do you think you ever would have crossed paths? Um, we had crossed paths before. Mm -hmm. um, he had done, when I was in elementary school, he ran the intramural program at the school. Mm -hmm. uh, and I went briefly, but again, I wasn't athletic. So I don't think, I think eventually maybe, I mean, you can't really tell because like, like if a certain event didn't happen in my life, I mean, it would be completely different. I'm not denying that, but I'm saying that like maybe I think in my heart, I want to say yes, but being the logical thinker that I am, I know that probably it would have never happened. And I probably, honestly, I probably wouldn't be here today because like the, the people that I met through the boys and girls club, Andrew, uh, Matt McKeegan, who was the, um, coordinator for the dropping program um a lot of the staff that were there kelsey pellerin um just to a bar like these are all people who may not necessarily know what their impact on my life was but they had an extremely huge impact on my life they helped they gave me an environment in which i could be myself they um mm -hmm. because for years i felt like I had to be different. I was different. Uh, people made me feel like I wasn't part of 
the in crowd and there I was part of the in crowd. I was I was one of the I was one of the just one of the normal people. Yeah. I didn't experience the like I didn't experience people saying, Oh, you're different. People were like, You're different, but that's okay. Right. We're willing to work with that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like uh Linda Carey, she she's the um executive director there. She um has done such an amazing job uh with with the programs that the Boys and Girls Club offer, not just drop in, but raising the grade, um, which is run by Megan Stam, I think now. Um and um the after school uh adventure camp which is run by Courtney Smith, I believe. And um, like eventually, I ended up working there uh, as a employee, as an employee for a little bit um, because of the impact that I had received from them in my youth. Mm-hmm. So in high school, you were you told you were different, and you know people used to laugh at you, as from what you're telling me. Um, what do you what do you think could have been done differently by you know, teachers, yourself, uh, do, did you ever tell teachers about this or advisors at the school? I I did. And it was mainly middle school that this happened. It pretty much stopped in high school. But um, okay. um, I did tell teachers and a lot of the teachers, I feel like it was the tale of um, uh, the wolf, the boy who cried wolf. Yes. Classic. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of like, oh, you're saying this happened, but every time that we come around, there's no wolf. And so when there was actually a time where there was, they didn't believe me. They didn't come to my aid. And I I don't blame them. I wasn't exactly the most believable kid when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. A lot of my behavior, you, you kind of get this thought. And I even get it now with... Um, with like some of the uh, sometimes that okay you've told me 17 things that didn't actually happen how am i going to believe the one thing that's true mm-hmm. so i i mean i don't experience that at work at all but like in just general life i think we all experience that kind of you've told me like all of these that haven't actually happened and then you go to tell me something that's true and yeah, I have a hard time believing like that. And I think that's what it was with the teachers at school. They just had a hard time believing because of my history with them. Yeah. What do you think the difference was in, in high school? I know you had joined um, the, the clubs and started being able to hang out with those people that accepted you, but your, the way you handled yourself during high school, you said it wasn't much of an issue. Yeah, um, definitely, because um, when I got to grade nine, I was still the angry kid, the angry kid who, like, didn't want to deal with anybody. Yeah. Uh, there was an incident with another student where we were in class and we had been feuding for a very long time, since, like, sixth grade. And um, I challenged him to a fight off of school property. And um, we went there. I got 
pulled into the office afterwards and uh, David McDonald, who was the vice principal at the time, he saw that I was, that there was potential there. He didn't, he didn't see me as a problem. Mm -hmm. He saw me as a, there's something there. There's a good kid under there. And if I work with him, I can get it. Mm-hmm. So he 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 did have to suspend me for a day, yeah. which he advocated hard to get me off of a one week suspension because that's what the principal was aiming for because that's what a fight is normally worth. Yeah. Um. But he advocated hard to get me not suspended for a for a week, and just had me go home and then stay home for a day, and give me time to reflect. And in that time, I realized I'm. If I keep going like this, I'm going to end up in prison or worse. Like, I knew that if I kept going like this, I was not going to graduate. I was not going to be where I wanted in life. I was going to end up where I had seen so many people go before in prison, on the streets, or dead within 10 years. And I just didn't want that for myself. And I know that. My family didn't want that for me and my friends didn't want that for me. So mm-hmm. I just, I was like, it's time for a change. I need to stop. Yeah. And eventually I was um, given a uh, closed campus for a month. So I couldn't leave the property at lunchtime. Um, I had to eat on site. And if I had been caught off site, it would have been, I would have faced a week suspension. Yeah. And he, and he basically said, I'm going to hold you to that. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, he basically said, I'm not going to pussyfoot around. And, like, I'm not going to uh, give you any more chances. If you do the, if you go off campus for something, even if it's to go get lunch, I'm going to have to suspend you. And I accepted that. I was at right. that point, I was like, yeah, you have to do what you got to do because I have proven to you that I need some kind of intervention. So, so, um, uh, so he set me up on that, and after a month, he saw and he saw and I saw and most of my teachers saw an amazing improvement, and I was allowed to um, I was given back my privileges of going off campus. Right. How would you describe? the rest of your high school career after that um it was a complete 360 and i've always said that like i've always said that it was a complete 360 of what i've of what i experienced and the teachers that i met while i was there donna dealey who was um a resource or who was a resource teacher there david manning bradford biggs they were all like really great teachers who took an interest in my education because for years teachers didn't take an interest in my education and I saw grades that I would have never expected for myself like and um I just like became a completely different person I didn't I wasn't getting in trouble like from the time that I was in grade 10 to or like that incident in grade 9 to my grade 12 year i think i was only in the office once for being in trouble mm-hmm. and i can count i can't count on two hands and two feet the amount of times i was in trouble in middle school right so <clears throat> after high school you went on to olden college 
uh, you got your program or sorry, um, worked in the program with uh, to be an educational assistant. I think it was. Am yes, I... uh, child and youth care program, which right. is is geared towards group home workers, uh, daycares, and educational assistants. Mm -hmm. So they was it was in the helping profession. It's yeah. It's what was that program like? excuse me it was um it was really rewarding i had a lot of good experiences with um the instructors and also my uh my fellow students while i was there it was it was rough it was stressful but i mean i knew i knew what i was getting into when i signed up for it um and it was i eventually ended up i think like one percent away from getting honors in the class and oh, wow. didn't i didn't miss a day like i had perfect attendance and and missed honors by like one percent in the class and i think it was honestly because i was studying something that i was interested in and that i wanted to do i feel like with high school and middle school they were things i was told i needed to do yeah but i wasn't told why and i feel like a lot of my experience is I need to be told why and I need to have a good reason for wanting to do something or I'm just not going to have my heart in it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely relate to you on that. You know, ever since I've been at St. Thomas studying what I like, my grades, man, so much better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I definitely think that that is part of it. Like it's part of everyone's like, brain is that we want to do things that we like doing like my brother he's at Dalhousie University studying kinesiology like and he he was a good student in school like he yeah. don't get me wrong but I mean he uh the stuff that he liked he yeah. loved but the stuff that he didn't like like if he had if you had to if you had to tell my brother right now that he had to write an English paper <laughs> he'd he'd tell you to he'd probably have some four letter words for you <laughs> but if you told him that he had to write a like a paper on kinesiology or something he'd he'd be getting right into it like yeah. he and i mean it was the same with me he um i i eventually like i realized what i wanted to do with the help of the people at the boys and girls club and mm. and other people in my life like the educators in my life in high school they helped me realize that i wanted to go into the helping profession and i wanted to help people who were like me and i did some peer counseling when i was in the 12th grade um i did some with um a student who had transferred from leo hayes i believe mm -hmm. and uh, he had come from a situation where there was a lot of bullying and a lot of what i experienced so i was able to help him and like when he was in grade 12 he played football he got involved in stuff and i'd like to think that i helped kind of make an impact in his life and made an inroad and in kind of welcoming him to school so it was yeah <clears throat> excuse me so it was easier for him to um to feel welcome yeah what would you say the school system do you think there could be improvements throughout the school system I definitely think that there could be improvements throughout the school system. I think now with COVID, especially, um, a lot of the programs that could be really rewarding for students can't happen right now just because of 
COVID restrictions and and like, but I think if you had a lot of it is in the guidance counseling programs. Like mm-hmm. guidance counselors are overworked. Guidance counselors are, I mean, you know, our our high school had three guidance counselors for twelve hundred students. Is that what it was? So it was it was something like that. Wow. There was three guidance counselors. Each had like A to F or and then F to oh, M. Oh yes, that's right. I yeah. only talked to one. Yeah. I I only ever talked to the one who was for my for my letter yeah, whatever. I can't even remember who it was, but um mine was uh Miss Dusset, I think. Okay. Yeah. And um yeah, I think a lot of it starts with the guidance counseling programs and a lot of it is because those like yes, you can't really hire more guidance counselors because there's not a lot of guidance counselors coming up right now. But I mean, like, I think if you maybe reform the system where it doesn't always have to be, you don't have to wait for like a week to have a guidance meeting because like there should be a system in place so you can get help like more rapid because like I remember I would put in a guidance form and a week later, I would have for- they called me in for a meeting, and I forgot what I was upset about when I when I filled out the guidance form for in the first place. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of it starts there, but a lot of it starts in the administration. It's it's really a top down issue mm-hmm. because you like at the top you've got you've got the um, the principal and the vice principals. And then it kind of trickles down to the teachers and the the, um, the guidance counselors where everyone just needs to be on the same page. I think if, like, you want to do things one way, you do it that way. And if you want to do things another way, like, you can't have both. Like, if you want to do things from, like, a well, this is a strictly guidance issue, then, okay, that's how you think. But if you want to do it, this is a teacher issue. And I think a lot of what, at least I can only talk from what I experienced at Ruby High School was that the advisory um, program that they implemented when we were in grade 12 really helped with that because you were getting one-on-one time with a teacher, Mm. a trusted teacher that like you could talk to. Yeah. It felt, and you weren't just with your peers, you were with grades there were some from grade nine some from grade 10 some mm-hmm. from grade 11 so there was a lot of chance for peer counseling which i think is a huge huge aspect of what needs to happen there needs to be more of a community aspect between the the grades because i feel like a lot of the time you get okay the grade nines hang out together and the grade 10s hang out together and the grade 11s hang out together and the grade 12s hang out together i feel like with the advisory program you're getting this kind of intermingling that mm-hmm. didn't happen before and probably i don't know if they still have the advisory program because i haven't been to the school in a while so and the advisory program was if just real quick it was tuesdays and thursdays i think was that what it was i I think so i believe that's what it was for about 20 minutes yeah so that gave you a a lot of time to have one-on-one time with not only the teacher but the yeah like if you're in grade 12 the younger students in the classroom if the younger students were struggling with their exam prep, 
Yeah. Like if the grade nines were struggling with with their first exam prep, it was a lot easier to help those students because they and talk them through what they were feeling because most likely you felt it too. Because I mean, I think when we got to high school and we heard that we had to do exams, we all collectively were like, oh no, like mm-hmm. <laughs> what's that going to be about? Like, and yeah. especially with the ELPA, I know they've made it a little easier now, but I mean, still it's a stressful exam. So it is. I'm not going to take away anything from it. Yeah. Even though the writing aspect has been taken out, I'm not going to take anything away from it. It's still a, a stressful environment to be taking a test. And I think with that, you had that experience of, okay, you're feeling anxiety about it. Let me talk you through it. Let me tell you what I did. And maybe that can help you. I feel like before that didn't happen because the grade nines didn't bother talking to the grade 12s because they were scared. Right. But having that intermingling is like, okay, these are just normal people like me. I can go to this grade 12 and build a relationship with them and talk to them about what I'm feeling about the anxiety of being in a new school, being in a bigger school, because like, yes, RES is big. It's a kid. It's a kid aid school. That's pretty big. That's a lot of kids. Riverview East school. Yeah. But Riverview middle school is still the same three grades. It it didn't change. Mm -hmm. And it actually got significantly smaller when, when Riverview East was built. Because a lot of the kids who were in that area of town, in the Hillsborough area of town, when that opened, they went to that school instead. And they were like taken out halfway through a school year and put into this new school where they could interact with just the people that they lived around. Yeah. But with Review Middle, it's it's a smaller group of kids from a still pretty much the same area. So it's, it's a lot harder for those kids to, like, you've got kids from Turtle Creek mixing with kids from like McAllister Park. Yeah. So odd combination for sure. It's an odd, it's an odd combination. And a lot of the Turtle Creek kids hang out and a lot of the McAllister Park kids hang out. But with the, with the high school and with the advisory program, you don't get that because you might get a mix of Turtle Creek kids and Hillsborough kids and McAllister Park kids and then like middle suburb where like middle of the kind of like the Lions Park area kids like you don't get just Turtle Creek kids and just McAllister Park kids and just Hillsborough kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of it's it's lent the way for a lot of um for a lot of interactions that wouldn't happen necessarily right how do you think they handle bullying in specific if they were to see it uh do you think they it's hard to talk about too because you never really know what they see or how they feel but do you think they're trained properly to handle stuff i definitely think i definitely think no they need more training to handle stuff like that they need um, no, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure of what their training is. Like I didn't go to teacher's college. I didn't go to the, I didn't take a bachelor of education, so I can't speak on what they are actually trained, but I feel like from my personal experience and having spoken at middle schools now at the middle school now, mm-hmm. um, since graduating, 
I feel like they have improved a tremendous amount of what their training is. They are more focused mm-hmm. on mental health training, which is extremely important in breaking down the stigma of of having anxiety, depression, OCD, like any mental health condition now is treated with so much more yeah. reverence and respect than it was when we were in school. Like if when we were in school, if you said, oh, I'm having an anxious day, you were told to calm down. Yeah. We graduated about four years ago. I think we we finished about high school four in or five, 2017. 20, yeah. What, was, what, what do you think made such a big difference in such a short time frame? Because stuff like that can be, you know generations work just to understand uh issues like that like it it would take for us to be able to go into that workforce to make to implement what we know so these are still the same teachers working how do you what do you think made such a difference in such a short time i think it was the rise of social media to be honest like i know social media for all it's worth it gets a lot of a lot of flack for being the cause of a lot of these mental health issues but i think we need to look at it like like a good and a bad because the good impact of it is more people are aware of of mental health conditions people who wouldn't necessarily be aware of it like people who grew up in my mom's generation Mm -hmm. they wouldn't necessarily be aware of something like that because but with the rise of social media a lot of people are being open and honest about their mental health struggles you see athletes who athletes and celebrities who come out and say i've struggled with mental health issues like howie mandel he's become the base of the ballot talk movement and for all that's for all that's like bad about that movement in general i mean you've got to admit it's it's kind of helped people come to terms with the fact that mental health is here it's not going mental health issues are here they're not going away Mm. we need to deal with the root causes of mental health issues which necessarily are not like always social media and they're not always like untreatable like untreatable ghost symptoms Mm -hmm. like we need to like i feel like a lot of the social media that's been rising up has given way to um, people being open and honest about things that 10 years ago they wouldn't or couldn't have been open and honest about. What do you think of Bell Let's Talk? I I find it's a quite divided opinion. Yeah, I personally think it's it. I personally think that while it does have its flaws, it mainly is a program that has been really beneficial for a lot of people like mm-hmm. a lot of mental health organizations really do count on every year that day yeah. and i think as much as i think yes we should be talking about it not just once a year definitely because like they're not going to go away in just a day so i think and as much as bell is kind of a problematic figurehead for for that movement, I think that their intentions were good when yeah. they started this movement. And I think that their intentions are still good. I think that they've just, like with anything, they've kind of slipped up at some points. Yeah. 
Well, it's hard to hate on a company for donating to a cause. But my personal belief, I think it's more just a marketing tool. And it's genius. It's a genius idea. Um, But you can choose to believe that it's helped people. I think it certainly has. You know, you see posts every year. I think they've slowed down over the years as, as the opinion has become more divided. But... You know, yeah, it's I definitely helped so. people, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um. So we were talking about social media, and it's it has its flaws, uh, but it's also a tool for people to express their feelings, issues, get help. But do you think it would cause cyberbullying too? Do you think that would become more of an issue? It definitely does, and I've, pros? I've definitely seen it, especially in my in my field where some of our older kids that I work with um, at at the other center, we have a center that's for babies to like grade three and then grade three to grade six. Um, so I've definitely seen it at the older center where they have access to phones they have access to social media facebook instagram twitter mm-hmm. snapchat i've definitely seen issues where social um cyberbullying has become a huge thing and i mean it's one of those things where people are going to be mean no matter what platform you give them so i think that cyberbullying is a huge impact of social media and like it's not getting any better at the same time. I think that without social media, I don't think that the mental health movement in the recent years would be as big as it is. So I think, yes, you can say the pros, the cons way at the pros and sometimes they do. Sometimes it feels that way, mm-hmm. but I think I, I like to think of it in a glass half full kind of way that, right yes these things are happening and I, I, they are impacting people's lives extremely like extremely i've seen cases where people have like 12 13 year old kids have said that they want to kill themselves because of things people say online and you mm-hmm. see it not just with 12 13 year old kids but major celebrities like you see it and especially in sports, you see a lot of it <clears throat> with the with the um, recently with the uh, first female official in the Super Bowl. She got a lot of yeah. We saw a lot on, of comments about that. A lot of comments that were like, "That's why the refing was so bad." Get back at the kitchen. I think that's disgusting, and those mm-hmm. people should lose their platforms. Like, I think people like that shouldn't have a platform to stand on and i yeah. think like the things that we've seen with the wmba yeah. and more recently i mean you just had last year in your last episode you had the um commissioner for the yeah i had Tasia mckenna on who's the commissioner of the first ever women's basketball league in canada which is amazing and it takes place right in the maritimes yeah that was a quick plug for the maritime women's basketball association <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she was saying that as well that you know i asked her about how do you go about seeing comments like that because 
and a sad reality. It's bound to happen. Yeah, and I think she had a really great answer for that question. Mm-hmm. I think her answer was really well thought up and i think she knew that question was coming because i mean if you're a woman in sport you know that question is coming you know that like Mm -hmm. i mean serena williams when she when she was coming back to tennis people were like oh but she's she had just gotten like she had just had a baby so people were saying oh like that she couldn't do it and i mean she proved them wrong like there's no Mm -hmm. doubt about it she's one of the she is the best women's I would say she's the best women's athlete of all time and she didn't let the people who were saying these awful horrible racist things get to her because she she knew that they were coming and Mm -hmm. she knew that they and you can't say it didn't impact her mental health I'm sure it did but she was able to and she's an inspiration to a lot of young girls, a lot of young um, girls of color too. Mm-hmm. Like that, yes, these things are going to be said about you if you go into sports, but, and yes, they might impact your mental health. And yes, it is a extremely disgusting form of bullying, mm-hmm. but she showed that you can still succeed in what you want to do regardless of what people say about you um former ndp leader jack layton when he was alive he said don't let don't let them tell you it can't be done Mm -hmm. because like if you tell if you let them tell you that it can't be done you're not going to do it right so i feel like a lot of a lot of my life has been lived by that quote and i mean my parents repeated to me all the time uh, because it's such a it's such a it's so true because like it, um there was a speaker an american speaker in the 80s named les brown and he was um mm-hmm. he was i believe he was clinic he was clinically depressed uh either clinically depressed or he had um well he used the term mental retardation this was the 80s so that's yeah. what they would use 40 years ago 40 years ago mm-hmm. um but he had an educator in his life who said uh to him someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality just mm-hmm. because someone thinks something of you doesn't mean that that has to be what you attain your life to be mm-hmm it is not what they say about you that determines your destiny is what you say about you was that yeah. les brown is that how it went i think that was him but i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure i, um, I butchered I that quote i can't quite remember what it was <laughs> but yeah it was it was um but uh no that quote is definitely one of mm-hmm. the quotes i and i use that quote a lot with the uh children that i work with especially the older ones who are going into middle school who are in middle school now who are experiencing these issues i tell them and i mean it doesn't always work because i mean you're not going to reach every kid you you're not going to reach every kid you work with you're not going to be successful 100 percent of the time but if you don't take Mm -hmm. the shot at trying to help them then what are you there for yeah and you want to be that inspiration to 
the next generation. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. How do you go about that? What do you, you know, you, you said you have those quotes that you use for yourself. How yeah. Else do you influence and just, them? I, um, I just kind of sit them down and I like, I'm, if there's an incident, I sit them down and I'm like, listen, I know how this feels. I know you feel like I'm here to jump down your throat about it and say, Oh, you shouldn't have done that. That was ridiculous. Like get it together. I just assure them that I'm not here to say that I'm not here to make them feel any worse about themselves than they already probably do. Mm. I, I sit them down and I explain to them, listen, I understand you're frustrated. I understand that, that this, that these things are happening to you and you feel like you can't get through it. But I'm here to tell you that you can, because I have, mm -hmm. and then I, I will often use my story as a way to kind of explain to kids how I dealt with my situation and how I handled what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, they see me. It's like a lot of them who don't, <clears throat> who I don't deal with on a, on a consistent basis, Daily basis yeah. they don't understand that they see me as this figure of power of like, okay, I have to listen to this person, Yeah. but they don't realize that at one point I was in their shoes. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I don't, I don't think that they understand that I was just like them when I was yeah. a kid. I, I didn't, um, I didn't exactly have the best school life and, and, <clears throat> and I didn't exactly have the best social life when I was a kid, but now I, now I have proven that I can and am able to help them. And you have. And I, and I've seen a lot of a lot of different um, children's behaviors improve and not only improve, but their mental health improve and their mm -hmm. outlook on life improve. And it's been really rewarding. And sometimes I just think about, sometimes I just sit at home and think about all of the people who are in my life and people who aren't even here anymore, like my grandmother and my uncle, they were huge impacts in my life. Mm -hmm. um, thinking about them and thinking about how proud they would be and probably are of me it helps me stay motivated and stay in where I want to be because I feel like there has been a lot in my life that I could have turned away and said okay I'm just going to shut myself off to the world yeah. and I'm just going to be just me, no interaction whatsoever. Just be me in my room, wishing that everyone would just go away and leave me alone. But I realized that I can't be like that because there are kids who who need support, and I want to be the one who gives them that support. What would you say to your grandmother, your uncle, if you had one shot, you know, five minutes to talk? What would you say to them? I would just say, honestly, I would apologize for how I 
handled myself like I because I mean a lot of a lot of what I did when I was when I was in those moments of extreme like when I was at my rock bottom a lot of the things I did were not consistent with what they with what they told me was was how I should live my life I would apologize and I'd say listen I feel like I failed you I but I feel like they would immediately tell me to stop talking like that and they would uh reassure me that I while I did have those issues I was able to turn it around and I was able to help others which is really what they wanted there was a story uh from when my uncle was a child where he had this pair of mittens and they were black and yellow he called them his bubble me mittens and he loved them and one day when they were coming out of church he realized he didn't have them and then when he went back to the church to go get them he found the um local local homeless like the kind of like the eddie the bum kind of figure the local um, homeless guy that everyone knew and everyone knew he was homeless and everyone accepted him for that, that he, that he had them. And he, he looked up at his mother, my grandmother, and he said, that's okay. He can have them because he needs them more than I do. Mm-hmm. That was in Bathurst, right? Yes, yeah. that was in Bathurst. So um, it was, I don't know exactly how long ago it was, but it was mm-hmm. quite a quite a number of years ago. And how long have your when, if you don't mind my asking, when did they pass away? Uh, my grandmother passed away in September of 2011, and my uh, uncle passed away in November or late October of 2008. So it's been almost almost nine years almost 10 years for my grandmother and almost 13 years for my uncle right um we're creeping up on an hour here nathan uh is there anything i didn't bring up that maybe you want to talk about um i just want to kind of talk about like i feel like i talked a lot about the boys and girls club um but i kind of just want to wrap up that thought that like a lot of the programming that is there is really accessible to their programming is for children 10 to 17. Mm -hmm. So a lot of their programming is super accessible for kids who are going through things. And I think that I would be remiss in not plugging that, that program specifically the drop-in program. It's um, run at the boys and girls club here in review at 50 Ruddy Mead road. Um, from 6.30 to 9. Now, with COVID, there is a sign-up sheet, and you do have to sign a permission form just because they do have some um, activities that you do need to, that you need mm-hmm. permission for them to ride a bus. And But the staff there are really, really accepting of anyone. They, they don't turn people away. They don't say, okay, well, you have this and this. We're not going to take you. Um, it's really, and it's a super inclusive program and I would be absolutely Mm -hmm. flawed if I didn't promote it. Um, and yeah, so it's six, eight, nine at the boys and girls club in review. Um, 
Monday to Friday, unless there's like an event going on, but COVID, there's not a lot of events going on. So normally they'll close because of snow or yeah something. So um, yeah, their program is really rewarding and it would be, I recommend it for anyone who are, who is struggling or anyone who just wants to get out and who doesn't want to have the pressure of being in a sport. Yeah. And or that something does... like that. That does remind me, I do need to ask you for some links because uh, we do want to put some links in the description to all of that jazz. Hopefully help out people that, you know, were once in your shoes and spread the message. Yeah. Uh, anything so else? I, so I definitely think Kids Help Phone is a huge resource, especially now uh, during COVID. Uh, Kids Help Phone for children who are experiencing it but also atlantic wellness they offer mental health services for ages 12 to 21 um and it's completely free their programming is completely free they there's no charge there is a wait list due to the fact that it is completely free but i mean it's i accessed it recently and i only waited about two months Mm -hmm. so um they are on loot street i don't know exactly the address but um the phone number is we will put the phone number in the in the description okay Okay. i wasn't sure if you needed it or um but no definitely um and i only brought this kids help phone the um mental health crisis line for new brunswick um and the Boys and Girls Club review, that's where you can get to the drop-in program. Mm-hmm. I think those are definitely some resources, especially in Riverview. Um, and then Moncton, if you're talking about the greater Moncton area, they have the Boys and Girls Club there. And they have a lot of the same resources that Riverview does. Um, and TF is the same thing. They have a Boys and Girls Club as well. So I think, I think a lot of my experience was with the Boys and Girls Club. So uh, I'm going to promote boys and girls clubs mainly um so those are definitely some of the resources that i've used Mm -hmm. now necessarily these resources might not work so you gotta pick and choose like you gotta kind of weigh out the options see what's best for you but i definitely recommend those resources for not just mental health issues but like if you just want somewhere to go on a monday night Mm -hmm. especially with the boys and girls club like if your kid is running the roads on a monday night and you need somewhere for them to go then that's definitely an option yeah right well nathan it's been great definitely appreciate you coming on and uh absolutely i i enjoyed i enjoyed uh coming on Thank you all for listening. If you have any ideas, feedback, tips, you can email me at billycole8 at outlook.com or you can find my Instagram, billycole underscore. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time.